Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and it continues to roll in the WNBA. It is good, good times. A 16, 8, and 1 in our last 25 bets, and now 30 and 20 uh, and 1 on the season. I'm going to leave that push out because that's so annoying in a stat, but 30 and 20, we love it. This is uh, exactly what I was looking forward to. A very profitable season so far, uh, but lots of other things to get into. Uh, Actually, opposite of profitable, if you think about it, with the Dodgers and the Angels both losing on Tuesday. Hopefully, they can turn it around. In today's show, we'll talk about the MLB first, Angels and Dodgers, with none other than Adam Burke of VSIN, also one of the co hosts of the Run Line show on VSIN, a baseball betting show uh, that you should definitely check out. So he'll be here to break some things down for us and if we should be worried about this Dodgers team that apparently just loves to lose to the Pirates this season. Uh, Pirates at Dodgers going on on Wednesday. They'll have the Mets Thursday through Sunday. I tried to get the Will Hill host of the New York City cast on to cross over with me for Friday show and he was booked in true New York fashion so uh, we're going to probably get together for Monday show next week to break down how the rest of the Angels Yankees series played out and also how the Dodgers and Mets series went because Thursday through Sunday that's what the Dodgers have uh, but like I said the Angels and the Yankees will continue Wednesday and Thursday so we'll see what Adam thinks of all of that and then of course we'll get into the WNBA Wednesday two games Thursday one game and that Thursday game will be a doozy uh, two games on Wednesday are the Lynx at the Dream 
and Fever at the Liberty. And then the one game on Thursday, Sun at Aces. And we already saw this game on Tuesday night. The Aces won by eight. They made it look relatively easy the way that the Aces do, which is unfortunate because the Sun are a top two, top three team in the WNBA. Top two, really. They're second, right, to the Aces. And even they can't figure them out. So we get to see a rematch of it, and I'm sure the Sun are not going to be happy about that eight-point loss. But first things first, we'll always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So for the Dodgers, still minus 265 to win the NL West, plus 220 to win the NL plus 475 to win the World Series. If you want to grab that World Series ticket, couldn't blame you. Could not blame you at this point. If it was on an LA or a New York team at this point. A Wednesday action for the Dodgers, 5:10 p.m. Pacific time. It's the Pirates again. And when we opened this series, the Dodgers were over 300. They were minus 300 money line. Now they're down to minus 250 for this game 3 after losing the first two games. They can't possibly lose three in a row. They can't be swept by the Pirates, can they? I mean, they've already lost the series now for what I believe is the first time since 2016 to the Pirates. Minus 250 money line for the Dodgers. I don't want to do it. Do you? Uh, Minus one and a half run line is minus 121. If anything, that's at least a little bit more palatable juice wise, but the way the series has looked so far, it does not inspire hope here. Uh, even though we know how talented this Dodgers team is. It's so infuriating. Uh, The Pirates plus 210 on the money line. I don't know. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I, go back to the well there. I, I I can't. I can't bet on this Pirates team, even the way they've looked against the Dodgers so far. Their run line, so plus one and a half runs at minus 104. The Angels also lost 9-1. to one. Another over, though, for the Angels. They've just been in a skid lately. I know they're dealing with a couple injuries, but what else is going on with this team? Plus 205 to win the AL West. 9-1 to to win the AL and 20-1 to to win the World Series. Uh, Wednesday action for them as well, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time, so slightly earlier than that Dodgers game. Angels plus 145 on the money line. So this, I believe, was a little bit shorter before that first game on Tuesday. Now we're seeing Angels at plus 145 money line. Yankees minus 167 at Bat Rivers. And their run line, so Yankees minus one and a half runs, plus 117 and angels run line so plus one and a half runs at minus 143 for me angels run line is just not really i mean especially when they're the underdog uh, not super playable for me i'd rather just take them on the money line at that point total for this eight and a half so the these two teams should be pretty evenly matched despite what you saw on tuesday and i know a lot of handicappers thought that angels were the better bet and the more valued bet at around plus 110 or so in that first game. You'll have to, of course, look at the matchup here, and Reed Detmers does not inspire a ton of confidence, but again, we'll ask Adam Burke what his thoughts are on that. I uh, don't know if this is the game you want to go in on. Maybe you want to wait until Shohei's on the mound on Thursday. Total for this one, 8.5. Is this another over? It certainly seems like it. Uh, As for the WNBA, the Sparks are 30-1 to to win the championship still, and the Mystics are still 10 to 1 sitting there waiting to be grabbed. Is it the best number you could have gotten on the Mystics? No. Is it the best number you're going to see? Possibly. Jackie Young also incredible game for the Aces on Tuesday night and 25 to 1 to win MVP. Just kind of flying under the radar there. 
NFL Rams, 11-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl if you're starting to think about football, plus 500 to win the NFC. And the Chargers, 8-1 to 1 to win the AFC, 16-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just announced that he and his wife are expecting another child. I think that's bad news for the Chiefs. So if you want to look at that AFC West as well, the Chargers are plus 235 to win the AFC West. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. And with that, let's welcome in Adam Burke from VSIN Live. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Adam, uh, let's talk about Monday's Dodgers game to kick things off if we're talking baseball, because weirdly enough, I talked about this on the pod, of course, uh, Monday's pod before this game, and I was giving out run line and hey, maybe look at an alternate line and you weren't even getting good value minus three and a half runs on the Dodgers. It was something like less than plus 200. Uh, and lo and behold, the Pirates come back and beat the Dodgers six to five. Now, this is still one of the best teams in baseball, so Dodgers fans probably shouldn't panic. But what did you make of this game? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, every team's going to lose 60 games throughout the course of the season. And sometimes it's going to happen against really bad teams. You know, sometimes those are things that are just going to happen. Uh, look, I give them credit for battling back. You know, I mean, they trailed in that game for nothing, if I remember correctly. So they battled back, took the lead. And then, of course, you know, had the blown save at the end of it there. But you know, we've kind of talked about this, Danielle. You sort of wonder about the focus level of the Dodgers in, in some of these games. I mean, you know, we've kind of drawn the NBA parallels. You think about when Golden State was really good, and they would just take games off because they knew that at the end it really wouldn't matter. You know, it would come down to making the playoffs, which the Dodgers will do, and then winning in the playoffs, which we'll find out if the Dodgers will do. But it's something that can happen, and, you know, I even thought on Monday about taking Pittsburgh plus one and a half for the full game, plus 140. Uh, maybe plus two and a half was close to even money, something like that. Uh, but, you know, look, it was a game that had a low scoring expectation. It was a low total in that one. And I thought, you know what, maybe Pittsburgh can just hang around and, and they wound up doing a little bit more than that. But again, the, the song remains the same. I mean, the Dodgers have elite numbers on both the pitching and the hitting sides. It's just a matter of, you know, whether or not they, they feel like they want to be there that night. Yeah, I know. And we, we, we did talk about this. So it's almost not maybe surprising to us that maybe the Dodgers just don't get up for these lower teams. And so this maybe isn't shocking. Uh, but I know some people were kind of upset with what they saw from Craig Kimbrell. What did you make of his close? Because obviously he walked he was walked away with that blown save. Yeah, I mean, you know, relievers, it's, it's such a difficult position, you know, because the wear and tear is significant, you know, and, and if you're bad, especially being in that spotlight type of role, then it really does stand out. It's not something that I'm too worried about. In fact, I'm a lot more worried about Walker Bueller, whose fastball looked really pedestrian in that mm. start against the Pirates. His spin rates were down a little bit. His velocity was down a little bit. Just didn't look healthy. Maybe he wasn't able to get loose or, or something like that. But it is a situation that I'm monitoring where I think Bueller is, is the greater concern than what we saw from Kimbrell. Okay, well, that's at least a little bit of a relief then for Dodgers fans because I know that uh, there were some questions with how Kimbrell looked, obviously, in those final innings, but I, I wouldn't read too much into it. And that's what's so tough is, is you lose to a bad team and people go up in arms, but I, I really don't think people should read too much into this. Uh, so let's talk about Wednesday's game for the Dodgers. Pirates at Dodgers, of course, 5, 10 p.m. Pacific time for this win. Jose Quintana on the mound for the Pirates and Mitch White for the Dodgers. What do you think we'll see here? Well, you know, I, I will say this, Quintana's been really, really good, surprisingly so, too. I mean, you know, I, I look a lot at individual pitchers going into the course of a season trying to find some sort of positive indicator, you know, if they can improve upon their performance or not. And the reality is I didn't see anything from Jose Quintana mm -hmm. that made me think that he would be better, that he would kind of return to his White Sox form from earlier in his career. And in fact, he's been better than that. And this is the one thing that people have kind of looked at the Dodgers about over the last few seasons for, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's 
a sample size thing or what, but you know, there's this perception out there that they're just not good against left-handed pitching, which generally isn't true. They're just not as good against lefties as they are against righties. But you know, when you're talking about an elite team, you, you kind of magnify any little weakness that you can find. But historically, they've struggled a little bit with lefties. And, and Quintana's a guy that's pitching really, really well here. And Mitch White, you know, he's I think he's got really good stuff. I don't know if this you know elongated starter role is for him. He's maybe better off being a one-inning guy. But they have had some issues in these Johnny Holstaff bullpen games that Mitch White has started. So I don't know what this number is going to look like necessarily, but I could see myself maybe being interested in that Pirates plus one and a half, plus two and a half type of thing where they probably don't win the game, but they at least keep it close. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, we talk about value. The other day, the Dodgers were minus 300 in this game on Monday. And so you definitely don't want to look to that side. You couldn't even really bet the run line. It wasn't a lot of anything, a lot of great return. Um, so if, if I, I decided to stay off this game, fortunately, because the Pirates were involved. But um, if you do want to go in, it does seem like the Pirates are the way to look. As far as Quintana, too, it seems like he's giving up a good amount of hits per game, but not really any earned runs. So it does seem like he's going to be able to continue something similar to that. Um but I, I don't know. What do you make, too, of uh, the Dodgers' recent offensive surge? Do you think that they finally kind of hit their stride in that regard? Yeah, I guess one thing I will say real quickly about Quintana and just the Pirates yeah. in general is, you know, PNC Park is generally not a very good hitter's park, and especially mm -hmm. early on in the season. And now that we're seeing it warm up on the East Coast, we're seeing a lot more offense in those ballparks. So maybe Quintana is a guy that you look at at home to maybe fade uh, in some of these upcoming mm. starts with some of those things kind of normalizing a little bit. But as far as the Dodgers go, I mean, this offense is is just remarkably talented. I mean, filling out this lineup card has to be a joy every single day <laughs> for, for Dave Roberts or whoever ends up doing it. Uh, there's just so many good hitters. You know, it's just really, really hard to keep them down. And I did, admittedly, and I talked about this on the pod here, had some concerns about the Dodgers because they rely so much on that high walk rate. And right now, mm -hmm. pitchers are just pitching to contact. But the thing of it is, when you've got a lot of elite hitters, they tend to make pretty good contact too. So I think it's just one of those cases where the Dodgers will continue to feast, especially as it warms up. You know, I talk about warming up on the East Coast. It's warming up on the West Coast a little bit too, where some of that marine air is not having the same effect. The ball is probably going to carry a little bit more. And a team like the Dodgers, that's just completely stacked. Uh, you know, this new offensive environment should be a positive for them as well. So before we move on to talk about the Angels, I want to kind of expand on that a little bit too. It seems like a lot of MLB overs have been hitting. Is that just me lately? What do you chalk that up to? No, it's it's not just you. It's been happening. And also we've seen totals getting bet up a half a run, a full run. We saw some totals get moved up a run and a half on Monday night. A couple of games actually middled the total where they went over the opening number, under the closing number. Uh, so a lot of over money out there in the betting markets. A lot of it has to do with the warm weather, Danielle. It's just that, you know, it's warming up. The humidity is now getting higher than the level that the baseball is stored at where the humidor was taking away offense. Now the humidor is a lot less effective as it's warmed up a little bit. So we're kind of seeing the ball carry a little bit more. We're seeing more offense. Uh, we're also still seeing pitchers pitch to contact more. So there have been fewer strikeouts, more balls in play, all those different kinds of things. But one thing I think we should mention here, even though it's not until Friday, and I know that you'll have the CityCast coming up on Friday, Dodgers-Mets coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will probably look at that and call it an NLCS preview. That may not be that far from the truth. But I was looking ahead a little bit to Friday's game. Tyler Anderson going for the Dodgers. Chris Bassett going for the Mets if everything stays as it is right now. 
And I'm hoping I get a pretty decent price to back the Dodgers in that one because I really like what Tyler Anderson's done throughout the course of this season. I've seen some concerning signs for Chris Bassett. And the Mets have played a pretty weak schedule to this point. I think their offensive profile is ripe for regression. They don't make a ton of high-quality contact. They just make a lot of it, and they've been having a lot of success, specifically on ground balls. So I think as the Mets play better teams, I'm looking to fade them, and I think that starts Friday night in that Anderson-Bassett matchup if we get it. It's interesting to see how successful the L.A. and the New York teams are on both sides right now, both the Yankees, the Mets, the Angels, and the Dodgers. I actually saw, I think, an ESPN article that pointed this out and said that for the first time in MLB history, all four of these teams are in first in their respective divisions. And so uh, they were kind of comparing, like, would you rather have the L.A. teams or the New York? Actually, Adam, I'll ask you, would you rather uh, pick an L.A. team or a New York team right now to win it all? Uh, I, it's, it's very hard to pick against the Dodgers. I mean, you know, mm. we, we talked about, I mean, if, if they're focused, then – you know, I don't know if anybody can really beat them in a series format. So it would have to be the Dodgers. But I will say this, uh, MLB and executives across the country thrilled that the two New York teams <laughs> and the two L.A. teams are playing so well this year. Yeah, the huge markets. Well, uh, hopefully that wasn't a coerced response from the fact that you are on the Los Angeles City cast. But no, the Dodgers are just that good right now. It's hard to say because we've seen them lose a bunch of game to the Pirates this season, but I wouldn't worry anything about that, really. Uh, let's switch over to the Angels, uh, who had a brutal stretch here against the Blue Jays. Let's, let's just start there. What happened? Well, I think some natural regression happened with them. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the Angels, we talked about this, I think it was maybe two weeks ago in the City cast about how you know their bullpen was really overperforming, I thought. That has not been the case here of late. Over the last 14 days, their bullpen has a 6.63 ERA going into Tuesday night's games. So the last two weeks have been really, really rough for that bullpen. A 400 batting average against on balls in play. They're giving up a lot of home runs. They're walking a lot of guys. That group has really taken a nosedive here, which was something that I kind of expected. But also, it was kind of a perfect storm where Toronto has been pathetic with men in scoring position all year long. They finally stranding out. guys. Yeah, they were yeah. stranding guys all over the place. I mean, they were the worst team in baseball with men in scoring position for a long time. Now I think they're the third worst. But, you know, that was just kind of a long time coming for them. It was just one of those things where, you know, the Angels pitching has kind of faltered here a little bit of late. They were missing Taylor Ward for a few games. He was out. So I think things will kind of get back to normal for the Angels. And I know this is coming out on Wednesday, but I did bet on the Angels Tuesday night. So hopefully they uh, right the ship against the Yankees here. Yeah, so they are having to face against the Yankees, and I talked extensively about the Yankees' injury issues that they've been going through just in the last month. It seemed like their season started out so strong, and then the wheels are sort of falling off in a lot of ways, a lot of players falling by the wayside. Um, how much do you think that's going to affect what we're going to see in this Yankees-Angels series? Yeah, I think it will, you know, look, the short-term effects are always kind of up in the air. I think the long-term effects are, are really what you're looking at for the Yankees here, where, you know, their mm -hmm. bullpen's in a big-time state of flux now with some guys that are out, especially Chad Green, who was used in, in virtually every role possible out of that bullpen. Since Giancarlo Stanton went down, the Yankees' offense has been bottom five in Major League Baseball. You know, Aaron Judge has not been able to carry them uh, and, and perform as well as he did earlier on in the season. They did get DJ LeMahieu back on Tuesday night, so we'll see if that helps them. But without Stanton, they don't make the same kind of contact quality. They don't have that guy who's really feared behind Aaron Judge. And lineup protection has been debunked. It is a myth. But still, with that being said, I mean, Stanton was having a phenomenal year before he wound up getting hurt. A lot of moving parts for the Yankees. And to your question about L.A. versus New York teams, it was not a coerced response. It's just I don't trust the Yankees to stay healthy. And I don't really trust that the Mets are able to keep up with what they're doing, especially with some of the injuries that they're already negotiating on the pitching side. 
let alone the laundry list of guys in their lineup that have battled injuries over the last few years. So that's really what it is for me. I think the New York teams are just more injury prone than the Los Angeles teams. And we're seeing that with the Yankees right now. All right. I'll take it. I'll take the less injury prone as a reason for us to be the better team here. Uh, if we look ahead to this Angels and Yankees matchup, I want to look at Wednesday's matchup here. Reed Detmers kind of don't know what to make of him because he put up this 0.9 whip, but he has a 4.65 ERA, throws a no-hitter May 10th against the Rays, but since then he's given up eight runs in nine innings. So what, what do we make of this? So Reed Detmers, th this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of inconsistency from him because he doesn't really miss a lot of bats, at least not at the major league level. So a lot of balls in play, it sort of comes down to whether or not they get hit at people, you know, just... We've talked about this already where the Angels fielding is so much better this year than it has been in previous years. That's kind of cooled off a little bit. And as that's happened, we've seen the deficiencies of this pitching staff. I think Detmers is a guy that can be susceptible to that as well because he pitches to a lot of contact. Now he'll be facing a right-handed heavy Yankees lineup that makes a lot of hard contact, even without Giancarlo Stanton. I guess it's a really, really tough matchup for Detmers. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the big question to me is, you know, how big of a number are we laying to back Nestor Cortez here, who's been really, really good for the Yankees? But he's also a guy probably performing over his head a little bit, facing a lineup with some right-handed power with the Astros. Kind of wonder if maybe I'll be looking at the over in this one. Yeah, I love playing Angels overs right now. Have you found uh, that the overs especially – uh, tend to hit after those fifth innings. It seems like we've been seeing a lot of craziness happen in the bullpen stage of things. Yeah, so I actually wrote about this for this week's Point Spread Weekly over at vcin.com. Mm -hmm. Looking at, so not to get too long-winded here, but the average win rate for a team leading after five innings is typically around 83%. That's what it's been for the last several seasons. This year, it's around 88%. So bullpens have been really, really effective but we're seeing that kind of tail off a little bit now. In the month of April, mm. we had the expanded roster with a couple of extra bullpen arms. And now we're getting to a point where these relievers are pitching more frequently. Guys are getting banged up. Guys are getting hurt. Guys are changing roles. Guys are just getting tired. And so we've seen reliever effectiveness really go down over the last few weeks here. As the ball's been carrying a little bit better, it's been getting hotter, so on and so forth. A lot of factors coming into play here. But yes, we have been seeing a fair number of runs being scored late in games. And, and obviously you've seen it firsthand with the Angels and, and how bad their bullpen has been here lately. But that is a thing. That is not recency bias. It is not perception bias, anything like that. It is a thing where bullpens just have not been as effective. The Angels are a prime example. The Yankees' bullpen continues to be really good. But I wonder how long that can last with some of the guys being you know put into higher pressure situations. Yeah. I mean, in this, and I say it every pod, it seems, but these baseball seasons are so, so long. We're going through literal seasons, and we're having to change our handicaps based on weather and humidity, et cetera. Um, there are a now, lot now of to... seasons within the season, yes. Yeah, it's it's a lot, which is good and bad, I think, and I think those are kind of those ups and downs of baseball betting right now as those seasons and as different factors start to change, like what you're talking about, where they're not having as much help in the bullpen. Those are the things you have to make adjustments for, or yes, you will start to kind of get hit hard with the baseball betting. I've actually been not betting as much of it. I've been focusing on my WNBA betting, and I've only been betting baseball when I feel like I have a really good edge. I feel like I'm in a really good spot. Uh, one of those times, one of those pitchers that I love to bet you know, on is Shohei Otani, who doesn't. Uh, looks like he's going to get the mound for them on Thursday. That's a 7-5, or excuse me, a 4.05 p.m. Pacific start for the Angels. Do you think that the Angels have a better shot in that game? 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think Otani has a lot more upside than Reed Detmers, to be sure, especially be, just simply because he has the capability of missing bats, which is something that Reed <laughs> Detmers doesn't really have. And, you know, we know Yankee Stadium is a very, very small field. Uh, you know, they call it a little league field. It's kind of a bandbox type of place with the short porches and all that. And also it's gotten much warmer in New York, so the ball should be carrying. Uh, Otani should match up a lot better. But the guy he's going up against in Jamison Tyon, he's mm -hmm. been really good too. I mean, Tyon's got one of the lowest walk rates in Major League Baseball, one of the lowest hard hit percentages in Major League Baseball. Wouldn't be totally shocked if that's a pretty low scoring game there, at least for the first five until the bullpens kind of get involved. But that's one where I would worry a little bit about that Angels lineup and some of the recent, not recent, but some of the, the matchup issues they could have where – you know, Tyon's a right-handed guy that could shut down a Mike Trout, could shut down a Taylor Ward, but he's also been good enough against lefties to kind of keep at bay some of the other guys in that Angels lineup. So that's a really, really strong pitching matchup on Thursday night with two guys that I'd like to bet on, but, you know, I can't really bet on both of them unless you play an under, and, and those are very scary on the East Coast right now. Yeah, I was actually wondering if in situations where we have Shohei or kind of the more, you know, the ace pitchers on the mound, then maybe you get a better full game total number in terms of it not just being so crazy inflated. So maybe there's actually a little bit of value of looking to an over in this game, or is that just something you wouldn't consider? I'd have to see the weather. You know, I, I would have yeah. to know if it's still, you know, temps in the 80s or 90s there because that, that makes a really big difference. You know, I mean, we may still get some cold weather games. Like I, I think in, in the Bronx, I think on Tuesday night, it's like 90 and in Boston, it's like 50. So, you know, the ball is going to travel much, much different between those two environments. So weather is a really big thing that you want to take into consideration here as we're starting to warm up. Uh, wind has been a factor this week, too. We've had a lot of games with the wind blowing out. Um, you know, it's the thing of it is, though, is that the, the Yankees offense has struggled so much without Giancarlo Stanton that a guy like Otani should be able to have success going through that lineup two or three times. The question would be what happens when he has to exit the game and that bullpen has to come into play. Right. That's why I'd, I'd look more full game if I was going to to caution myself to an over. Uh, speaking of Shohei, obviously the front runner in the MVP discussion, plus 250 on Bat Rivers. But for the Cy Young, the AL Cy Young, he's 12 to 1. And his pitching has been uh, kind of not overshadowing, but just been a little bit stronger than he's been at the plate. What are your thoughts about his Cy Young odds where he's at there? Yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion because, you know, the, the biggest thing for him, the biggest thing for any pitcher is health. You know, th these guys have to stay healthy. It's why I typically don't invest too much in the Cy Young market because pitcher injuries just happen with such a high frequency that, you know, it's a very difficult thing to try and pinpoint and, and nail down. That's the thing. If Otani stays healthy, I mean, he certainly has a pretty good shot. You know, he's in uh, a division where, you know, he'll wind up facing Oakland and Seattle and Texas a few more times where those offenses aren't really performing all that well. Uh, you know, Houston's offense is pretty good on the road, tough at home, where, you know, it seems like the humidor has really impacted offensive performance at Minute Maid Park. He's got the opportunity to, you know, pad his numbers as we go throughout the season here based on some of the matchups that he'll end up getting. So, you know, I, I think the Cy Young discussion is probably a lot more interesting than the MVP one, simply mm -hmm. because he does something nobody else does. He should probably be the MVP every single year. Although I would argue right now that it, I think Mike Trout should be the guy that wins it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And of course, they're at the top of the discussion there on top of the odds board. I'm interested to see how Shohei looks against the Yankees, honestly, because we only got to see him go against them once last year. And he, and he struggled quite a bit, actually. I think he only pitched like less than an inning. Um, so 
We'll see if it goes better for him this time, but 2.5 ERA in his last 36 innings, so maybe uh, this is the new and improved Shohei from last year, which I cannot believe we even get better Shohei each year. Uh, thank you so much to Adam Burke. Uh, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. And Adam, are we going to see you again for Friday's show, possibly? Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, he's a busy so. man. We'll see. Uh, but thank you so much, Adam. Absolutely. Thanks, Daniel. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the WNBA action we have going on on Wednesday and Thursday. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm still Danielle Avari, and it is my favorite time of the show. Time to talk about the WNBA. And I say that honestly because a lot of reasons. But right now, because it's going so well. It's going so well. You know when you're riding the high of the betting and you know that the regression is coming? So you're just trying to live in that moment. That's kind of the moment I'm living in right now because 16, 8, and 1 in my last 25 bets. So thank you to that push that happened on Tuesday night because that has messed up my record. Just moving forward, I'm going to just say it here. I'm not going to include the one push. If there happens to be a couple more pushes, we'll start including that part of the stat. But like, so annoying to have that stat line. So we're just going to go with 16 and 8 in the last 24. And uh, overall, without that push, 30 and 20 on the season so far and up I think 11.1 units for me right now at least. And I know that's something I should be excited about. But unfortunately, a plus 410 Moneyline Parlay got ruined for me on Tuesday night. And I'm still a little bit touchy about it because that really would have been um, a nice little unit booster, if you will. Uh, here's what happened in that one in case you missed it. So the Wings were playing the Sparks in LA. Uh, Sparks obviously understandably upset about the way their season has been going and are now four and six. They were three and six going into this game because they did end up winning this one. But it looked like there was a chance that the Wings were going to money line win this. So I had Wings money line. I also had them in a four team plus 410 money line parlay. They were the last leg to close it out. None of the legs came easily, mind you, but we got there. And uh, then, you know, couple seconds left in the game, I'm thinking, okay, you know, the Wings were up by two with about three minutes to go, and but 30 seconds later, they're down by five. I'm thinking, okay, this is this is probably the way this is going to go. Sparks want this bad, uh, but you never count the Wings out because they have that incredible three-point shooting. They have Arike Ogunbowale, more on her in a moment, and... It's, it's winding down, and I'm thinking this has already been lost. And then somehow the Wings, you know, get the ball back, on a, a, the and they inbound it. Arike goes around the whole court, gets fouled, down two, and gets to go to the line. Arike Ogumbawale, who is an 86% free throw shooter, I'm thinking this is going to overtime. This is going to overtime, these gosh darn Wings, you know? Uh, so she gets sent to the free throw line, down two, with 0.8 seconds left. 0.8! She just has to make these free throws, the 86% free throw shooter. But instead, this is what happens. She she misses the first one. That's my first time I've seen her miss free throw. Uh, fakes the second one. You're probably thinking, what's it's not? Is it like faking a you know fake a fake spike? What what is this in football? No, fakes the free throw somehow, which is you know obviously a problem for her. The Sparks get the ball, and she's upset. She kicks the scorer's table out of frustration, 
Scares the crap out of the people sitting behind it. Technical foul. Goodbye, Wings money line. Goodbye, plus 410 money line parlay. Thought we were going to overtime. Thought we still had a chance. We did not. It's okay. Still felt good about uh, everything we bet that day. Still went 4-2 and two on the day. Two of those were live bets. Live betting so fun. I try to tweet those out, by the way. I know some people are like, you don't tweet them. But like sometimes those odds just move so quick. So we do our best. But... Lots of fun fun with the WNBA so far. The other things, in case you missed it, the Aces beat the Sun by eight on Tuesday. That's the one and two team, really. And uh, not anymore, because by record, at least, the Aces are nine and one. Washington, the Mystics, seven and three after their win over Indiana, which looked a little dicey in the first half, but they came back to get it done like a true veteran team, as we expected. And Connecticut now six and three, four and five ATS are the Sun, but they get another shot at the Aces on Saturday. Got beat by eight, though. Spread for this one was three and a half, four. So aces cover yet again. I believe that's four in a row for them. Also, before we get into it, Diana Taurasi got ejected, which is not the headline. The headline is that the Mercury played better after she got ejected. That's messed up, but it's true. Uh, it's like they remembered that they had Tina Charles on their team. Did did they forget? Anyways, they started running it through her, and it started going really well for them. So they almost came back. They were ahead of the sky at one point, but the sky finally get it done. The sky do not cover for that reason. And going into this game, what did we say about these two teams? Neither of them are good at covering. They weren't. Uh, and then Diana Trossi gets ejected, and all of a sudden, the Phoenix Mercury can cover a game. Who knew? So unfortunately for Chicago, 5-3 and three straight up, but 2-6 and six ATS. Like... The worst at covering of the good teams. They love a close game. Anyways, Wednesday games. Let's take a look at the, those two. Fever at the Liberty, 4 p.m. Pacific time. You already know. We've talked about the Fever. They just played on Tuesday. Second in pace. They love to move quick. They love it. I can't even believe they're second, really. The Liberty are seventh, but I think that's a bit misleading. The Liberty do also love to push the pace, too. The Liberty have just been having a miserable stretch for them right now. They have a lot of players that they're dealing with um, injuries. Benigel Laney being one that jumps out to me. Uh, Fever, fifth in points per game. The Liberty are ninth. And the Fever are second in offensive rebounding percentage. Shout out Queen Egbo. And the Liberty are dead last. So the Liberty are not going to get rebounds in this game. They're probably not getting second chance points. If you want to look at fast break points, Fever still have the advantage there. And uh, if you want to look at turnovers, maybe the Liberty will get some points off turnovers. Nope, they don't do that well either. And they are 11th in turnover percentage themselves. They take care of the ball horribly. And the Fever are 9th. So the Fever are not exactly stellar in that category either, but they are able to capitalize on turnovers that they create and create points out of those, something the Liberty have struggled to do so far. Uh, the Liberty are 12th in effective field goal percentage. That is last. There are 12 teams in the WNBA high, and the Fever are ninth. So even though the Fever love to push the pace, they love to shoot the ball a lot, it doesn't always go in for them. I do think that that effective field goal percentage is going to be going up, though, as we progress through this season. The Fever are hot right now. The baby Fever. Their biggest issue is, is really that they lack veteran leadership, I think is what I'm seeing here um, a little bit. At least that's what we saw in this Fever and Mystics game. I, it, there was something about the fact that the Fever in the first half were dominant, and I almost took the Mystics' money line to in the game. I didn't have a play on a side for this game, but I could have played the Mystics, apparently, because I ended up covering. There was something about that first half lead by the Fever that I wasn't comfortable with. And I, I just kept thinking, no way this Mystics team loses to this Fever team. Like, just the veteran experience level of that team, they were going to figure out a way to stop them in the second half, and they did. It was a huge swing, a 20-point swing at least. So 
Beaver falling short a little bit, finding ways to kind of lose these big leads. It's really unfortunate. Fortunate for them, though, they're facing the Liberty, who are 12th in offensive rating. They're not going to outshoot them. Uh, the Fever are ninth, and the Liberty are eighth in defensive rating. The twelfth, the Fever are the Liberty are eighth, and the Fever are twelfth in defensive rating. So, expecting a high-scoring affair here. If the Liberty can keep up their side of that, we don't, we have no reason to believe they can. Twelfth in offensive rating, just shooting not really their forte, not going well for them. And Fever don't have any notable people that are going to be out necessarily. I mean, Bria Hartley still questionable probably. But the Fever are 5-4 ATS as a dog. I think they'll be favored here. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, and Fever also 8-2, maybe even 9-2 now to the over after that Mystics game. But the way to look to this, I, I think Fever team total. Now, it is going to be high for that reason, so keep that in mind when you take a look at these numbers once they come out. But I like the Fever to cover this. I don't know how many points you're going to have to lay with them. It'll be interesting because the Fever aren't this dominant, like, top six team necessarily. I mean, for some they are. Um, and the Liberty are, are pretty pretty solidly in dead last. So since they're not a top six team, they're not going to necessarily have to lay, like, minus 12 or something here. But Fever up to six. Maybe seven. Like, I don't want to play that big of a number. I'd rather, at, at some point, I'd like to just get it in live. Uh, but I don't know if you'll get the opportunity because I think the Liberty really are going to be that terrible, unfortunately. Fever team total is what I like. Uh, I would look to go over on that. If you want to go over on the full game, bless you. If you're, you're back in the Liberty, maybe the Fever can do it themselves. Fever to cover. That's what I think is going to happen here. Only thing, though, it's like a huge part I didn't even mention. The Fever are coming off of a game on Tuesday and playing in a back-to-back, -back, right? So they're playing Wednesday. Back-to-back -back game. And they're also having to travel. Ooh. Yeah. They're having to travel after hosting the Mystics. That's a quick turnaround. Mmm. Mmm. That could affect these totals. We'll see what I end up jumping on for this game, actually. I don't know if I will. It's, it's hard because I, I definitely think the Fever should win this game, but I wonder how much the line will factor in the fact that the Fever are having to go in a back-to-back -back here. Usually you'd like to fade a team in that, especially in the WNBA. We don't see that. I don't think I've seen a back-to-back -back game yet this season. So, hmm. Is this the moment for the Liberty? Are the Liberty going to... No, I don't. I don't think so. I still lean fever here. Let's move on to the links at the Dream. The Dream minus three and a half, total sitting at 156 and a half, 4 p.m. Pacific time as well. So same start time on Wednesday. Maybe this is the better game for him to be on. The Dream are 11th in offensive rating. The Lynx are 7th. Okay, not nothing to write home about. But in defensive rating, the Dream are first. How are the Dream first in defensive rating? And their record right now, five and three. They're five and three. The Dream are not getting enough credit. That's what I take away from this. My goodness. So Dream minus three and a half. I think the Lynx are the more seasoned team here. Hello, Sylvia Fowles, etc. But they are also very disjointed right now. My first thoughts are leaning under here. The total is 156 and a half. That's definitely one of the lower ones we've seen. I could see this going under that. Uh, I'll probably go in on that under 156 and a half is, is something that I like. Maybe even under in the first half would be something interesting to look at. Uh, the Dream are going to have tons of paint presence. That's where the Lynx are going to try to succeed offensively. I can see why, uh, I can see why here. You've already, we've already seen some line movement though, uh, on both sides. Dream minus three and a half was still available last I checked. We'll see if that moves within the next, you know, hours before game time. 
And the links also had a four available uh, if you're looking for links plus four. So Eileen Dream here. It's not fun to bet on a team to lay four points when we're talking about two of the lower factored teams here, but I think I'm going to go dream here. I'm going to go dream. I don't know if I love laying three and a half with them, but the under is under seems like a no brainer. A uh, Thursday game sun at aces. We just saw this one on Tuesday, 7 PM Pacific time. The aces beat the sun 89 to 81. And lo and behold, the Suns struggled again with turnovers. Their 10th in turnover percentage, the Aces are first. So the Aces take care of the ball well, and the Sun do not. And they were able to capitalize on that. Now, you have to give it up to the Sun because this game could have been a lot worse. Their defense did their job in a lot of ways. But unfortunately, those turnovers killed them. Uh, Las Vegas, just not they're too good for you to get away with doing things like that. They lead the league in points per game, 92.1. They lead in three-point percentage nearly 40%, and rebounds per game. Uh, also, Jonquil Jones is going to have to be tougher than Asia Wilson, and I don't know. She's even, I mean, Jonquil's even admitted that she's still adjusting to the spotlight that being MVP puts on your back and the way that players, you know, guard you differently, play you differently. So even though the Sun are second in points per game, three-point percentage, this should be the number two team. It should be closer than 89 to 81. This was an enjoyable game to watch a little bit, especially if you had money on the Aces. It seems like the Aces can't be beat right now. But this would be one of the teams, right? This is, like I said, a second-place team. The Sun are second in offensive rating, second in defensive. Aces are first in offensive rating and fourth in defensive. So you would think that that's where the Sun could kind of edge them out a little bit is with their defense but unfortunately those turnovers are just murdering them and it's it's too bad because the sun are such a solid team they're such a well-built team but they are still kind of dealing with some personnel issues i think and they haven't had very many days off to practice once they have a couple days off here to get things right i think i'll feel better about this sun team but maybe leading up to saturday they have wednesday thursday friday to figure out a game plan for this Aces team again. I'm hoping to see a closer game here. You could bet something like Aces wire-to-wire -wire winner if you think the Aces will be up at the half and full game. Could see a closer game. I still like the Aces to win. I also think the Aces haven't gotten complacent yet, which is very cool because sometimes we see these teams come out and start hot and then get lazy. The Aces are playing like they're on a warpath and they want to be the best team by and large above and beyond. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Becky Hammond, uh, Kelsey Plum, all of them. I still like Aces to win here. They were minus four on Tuesday. Minus three and a half is actually what I got, but I think closing line was minus four. Uh, are they going to be like minus six this time? Is it going to be the same line? Are we going to see something around four again? I think we're going to see something slightly higher than four, given that they beat them by eight. I'd rather grab an over in-game. I do think the Aces overs tend to be a little bit overinflated. And also, the Sun team is only giving up 73 points per game. They did allow the Aces to score 89 on them. I think they'll make some adjustments there. They have to take care of the ball better, but I haven't seen evidence to that being moving in the right direction yet. I think the Aces offense is just too much to contain. Plus, it's the second time they're playing in the same week, so that makes me a little dicey also. Sometimes we see a little bit lower scoring games. They tighten up a little bit. They've already played each other, especially recently. If there's kind of a lull or a slow start somewhere, maybe there's a chance for an in-game over. I like the Aces to win this one again. I do. They're unstoppable. Maybe. We'll see. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Gas. Uh, also, this game is on Thursday. I think I said that it was on Saturday at some point, so apologies. But just to be clear, 
Ace the Sun on Thursday. Don't miss it. And don't miss the Los Angeles CityCast. I'll be back on Friday for more action. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.